Friska Simp 69. <laughs> It is a downtime currently. And it is, let me real quick pull up my monster roster. This is happening between September 29th and I'm gonna say October 10th. Actually, October 11th. So, who wants to go first? I went first last time. Fuck it, I guess I'll go first. You can return anyway. All right. Well, normally I ask uh, whether you want to do your thing or my thing first, but your thing is going to roll into my thing. Oh, nice. So, Roxanne, what are we doing today? We're going to Elysium. We're going to Elysium to yell at a man, question mark, about a thing. I'm going to Elysium to either get answers or find answers about the lover who we are assuming is going to be in Elysium, probably just like either somewhere or in one of those weird amber orbs. I keep wanting to call them eggs. Egg. 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 Alright, so you can... Bip your ass into Elysium. Where are you trying to end up? Well, I mean, it's kind of rude to just pop right into the fucking main uh, room. Uh huh. <laughs> I really tempted to follow that up with, so I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> That's what I was expecting. Look, I'm trying to ask for information here, so as much as it doesn't seem possible to piss off the blind air. I'm going to, I guess, do this as diplomatically as possible. I'm going to go in the front door is what I'm saying. Okay. So let me ask you then. When you show up at the front door, who do you want to be there to greet you? Oh, wow. They're all so good. How could I possibly choose? (laughs) Yo, boy. Yo, boy. I was muted, but I also said yell boy. <laughs> I will not lie. My first reaction was yell boy. And I was like, okay, no, I, I, let me actually think about this. No, yell boy. Glad that everybody loves yell boy so much, even though he hasn't been on screen in a minute. It feels like it hasn't been that long. He's always in my heart, you see. Ah, of course, of course. So you appear in Elysium outside of... It's it's still incorrect to call this place a palace because the blind heir doesn't have any sort of royalty to them. Temple? The Maybe? governor's mansion. Sure. It's a hell of a mansion. Yes, you appear the seat outside. Of the, <laughs> you appear outside the front door, and the first familiar face you catch sight of is your favoriteest loud child, Yelp Boy. My favoriteest loudest friend, Carcat Vantis. <laughs> <laughs> 
You only get one more Homestuck joke this session. Yellboy would never say a cuss. Never would he swear a cuss. Yellboy is the baby of the group. I'm going to greet them. Hello. Hello, Roxanne Harrison. It has been some time since we last spoke. Too long, actually. It feels like it's been months. It probably has, actually. It may very well have been. I am not adept at keeping track of time. I'll be honest with you, me neither. I'm here to see the blind air. I don't suppose that they're... I don't guess they go anywhere. To my knowledge, they have never been anywhere else. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty hard to go anywhere. So Yellboy will turn towards the main door and sort of float his way inside to lead you in. And once you get into the, the, the grand audience chamber, he'll just sort of hang back. Thank you for the escort. He gives you a kind of like gentle headbutt. Time to put on the serious Roxanne voice. It's the same as the regular Roxanne voice. <laughs> I walk up and I say, hello. It's been a little bit, hasn't it? It has been a few months, yes. Well, I know that you can't tell me about anything that I don't already know, but I think I've learned a lot since we, since we last spoke. And I have the feeling that you at least might help to be able to point me in the direction of something I'm looking for. So I know the name of the Pale Rider, the Sovereign, whichever. And I think I know a bit about, well, perhaps I know something about the Pale Rider's motivations. And I know this. I know that the lover knows the shape but will not speak to ones unseen. And I thought, if the lover would be anywhere, it would be here in Elysium, or at least the information I'm looking for would be here. So, can you help me? We have reached the stage where there is very little that we must continue to keep from you. And the nature and location of the lover is one of the things that we may speak freely about now. <sighs> Refreshing and concerning in equal parts. Well, I'm all ears for any wisdom you have to share. The lover is here in Elysium. They have been asleep here since its founding for their protection. Of course. They are only set to wake up under two specific circumstances. Either on the Sovereign's successful return from his mission, 
or under circumstances that we deem to be especially important. Well, I'm certainly hoping this is an important circumstance. We do consider the prevention of the extinction of humanity to be of sufficient import. Hmm. So you can joke. Well, where do I need to go then, I guess? Who, what needs to happen? Let's go with that. We will show you the way. Just a moment. And a hush falls over the chamber. And then there is sort of a buzz of static. And then the blind air appears next to you. And they're still in their crystal. So this is some sort of like holographic projection or something. And in fact, they are partially see-through, but they are next to you now. <laughs> this, sorry. I feel like you did this specifically just because I said, I guess they don't go anywhere, do they? <laughs> no, I had this plan from the beginning, but that was an excellent set up to this joke that didn't exist until just now. All right, then. Um, after you, since you're leading the way. Also of note, blind hair is kind of short. They're maybe like five feet tall, maybe. Yeah, sometimes people be short. And they begin walking out of the governor's mansion. The seat of rule, whichever. Look, I don't know why, just the first thing I thought to call it was a governor's mansion. <laughs> and they lead you all the way out, and Yellboy follows with you, and they can't... He can't emote super well. He's got kind of a static face, but he's, like, vibrating... I knew you were going to say vibrating. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of other ways to show, like, nervous excitement. I mean, that's what I do, too. I also vibrate. <laughs> so the three of you get all the way outside, and the blind air just sort of waves off Yellboy, and he gives you another little headbutt and then floats away to go do something. I pat him on the head. And then the blind air looks straight up. Looks straight up. Is it one of the fucking suns? It is, in fact, the sun that is directly overhead. That is going to be so fucking loud. <laughs> it always is, but I always love it when it happens. So... I guess... Are we going to wait here and they're going to come to us? Or do I need to go up there? We will be going up there together. We require another moment to enable you to reach it. Take your time. I'm not going anywhere. And you feel something weird happen, like, with your body? And it builds and builds and builds until it explodes out of your back 
and as you twist your head to check behind you, you have suddenly manifested your wings. Of course, of course I have wings. They are wing-shaped, but they are made of sort of like rectangles of light that are the same colors as your eyes. Well, you know what? I'm cool with this. I've always wanted to fly. Why should Grant get all the fun? <laughs> and after giving you a moment to adjust, the blind air just begins to ascend, and it's it's borderline comical because nothing about their stance or anything changes. It's like they're a JPEG on an image editor and someone is doing a click drag straight up. I guess I'm going to fly after them. Yeah, it doesn't take you more than a second to get a hold of it. You have technically been using these wings for a very long time, just not in so analog of a way. And the two of you uh, ascend and ascend and ascend, and you break through a light patch of clouds that has always been between this sun and Elysium. And you realize that that has been sort of concealing what this sun really looks like. It is another one of those amber orbs, but it is big enough to hold a house. And in fact, once you get up close enough to it, there is a house inside of it. Better place for a house than a sky egg. <laughs> and once you reach it, the blind air just kind of looks at it, doesn't move, and part of it opens up. It doesn't split open like a pokeball or anything. It's more like an airlock just kind of zoops open on the side of it. Alright. Well, far be it for me to wait to be invited in. The two of you can head on inside and there's some kind of weird flooring to the outside of the house that the blind air will land on and sort of motion for you to land beside them. Just gonna hang out in Adol's old house, I guess. See, uh, check out the old haunt. Heh. 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 It's very quaint. It isn't an ostentatious building. It just seems like the place a fae person would live. It is, in fact, partially built into a tree. There is a small tree. Well, it's 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 kind of bonsai-ish with how it's like thick at the trunk and then gets thin and it's squat as it goes higher up. And the house is partially built into it. Well, that's one way to care for a bonsai, yeah. All right. <laughs> and... The blind air will walk up to the front door and just motion with their hand and the door will open. And then they will motion for you to step inside. I am excited. Time to learn some fucking secrets. <laughs> that or you're just going to fucking bamboozle me. 
It'll be about halfway between those <sighs> two. Please no bamboozle. So it is a house house in here. There are multiple rooms. And once you sort of catch your bearings in here, the blind air leads you back into a bedroom. And sleeping on it is an elven person. Sex indeterminate. And they have a very similar... It's weird to say make, but that's the word that comes to mind, as Adol does. Their their hair and their skin and their clothing is very similar. Made from the same stuff. Yeah. One of the one of the great old ones, in a manner of speaking. And they are just sleeping peacefully on a bed. And the blind air just kind of looks around the room. This orb was the first of its kind. All of the others are based on this first construction. It's originally made to preserve the souls of the dead. This one in particular. So that it could wait peacefully for as long as it took. As long as it took for there to be no more humans, I guess. Right? In this case, yes. You know, I expected getting here to take so much longer than it did. I'm almost not even sure what to say at this point. If you had approached us before now, we would have told you to return later. So, in a matter of speaking, it did take quite a long time. You know what? That's a fair point. However, we do have news that we are aware that you will find unpleasant. Mm. There's always a catch. Well, hit me with it. What's the what's the eleventh hour twist of this little story? It would be unwise to awaken the lover right now. The number of world lines in which you by yourself are able to convince them to share what they know are vanishingly few. So I need somebody else. You will require the both of your companions, the anointed one and your brother. However, neither of them are ready yet. Fuck. The time grows close. Your brother will assume the fullness of himself. Within the month, we believe the Anointed One will follow shortly after. So, what, you just want me to come back? You will need to come back, yes, but... We do not need to send you away quite so quickly. We imagine that there are other things you wish to know. And as we said, there is little that we need to conceal from you at this stage. So... So basically what you're telling me is... 
I'm not going to get the answer that I want just yet, but there's something that I might be able to get out of all of this before the time is right. We are specifically referring to questions that you hold in your own heart. Things that you wish to know for personal reasons. Not for any reason outside of yourself. For personal reasons. We know that much else has been on your mind. Come. We shall walk while you find yourself. Yeah, a walk sounds nice, actually. And they will turn around and lead you out of the lover's house, out of the orb, and back down to ground level. And we'll just sort of pick a direction at random and start a walkin'. You have straight bamboozled me. <laughs> so, who's next? I will go next. All right. So, again, normally I ask what you want to do first, but your events have to happen in a very specific order or shit will get fucked up. Okay. So, Grant Harrison. Yes. One evening, you are chilling at home with Amalia and you feel a pulse of magic just kind of like rip through your apartment. Nothing moves, nothing breaks. It, it passes through, you feel it pass it through, but then nothing else seems to happen. And then like three seconds later, there's, there's a very firm on your front door. Uh, one minute. Uh, Amalia might be gonna go go get your glamour. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Alright, uh, I'll wait until she's like out of view from the front door and then I will answer it. You gonna open it up? Yep. You open the door and Henry Way is examining some sort of stone in his hand. Oh, hi. He looks up from it, he looks at you, and he says, You got your girl back. Yeah. Congratulations. Pack a go bag. We're going. I'm kind of busy right now, actually. I don't care. Yeah, neither do I. (sighs) Let's not make this difficult. Tell me where we're going first. Maryland. What the hell's in Maryland, aside from crabs? The people who are in charge of me. Okay, that's 
Weird. All right. Um, uh, hold on a second. I'm going to go tell her where I'm going, apparently. Uh, I'm going to go pack a go bag and tell Amalia I'm going to Maryland. I have no idea what the hell's in Maryland aside from the people in charge of Way. She kind of leans back a little. One, because that's quite a ways to go on short notice. And two, you're just going to go. You're not like putting up a fight or anything. Oh, no, trust me. I I was going to put up a fight, but <sighs> honestly, I'm worried that he'll hurt you to get to me. And I'm not about to put you through that. I'll be safe. All right. All right. I'll, uh. I'll text you when I either get back or kill him in the need need bail posted. She walks up and she puts her hands on your shoulders and says, please don't try and fight him. I know you're good. You're not that good. <sighs> yeah, I know. I mean, I've got a few surprises up my sleeve, but I'm pretty sure he can get his way out of all those. Well, maybe not one. He has more surprises. I've yeah. been around long enough to see what he can do. Um, just don't. Yeah, I know. Please. I, I won't. I won't. I promise. Thank you. Alright. Love you. Yeah, you too. Alright. I will give her a smooch and then I will come out with my go bag and I'm like, lead the way, I guess. And he will lead you off to a a rental car. It's got the fucking like Hertz sticker on it. Are we driving to Maryland? Please don't tell me we're driving to Maryland. We're taking a plane, Harrison. Don't okay. be ridiculous. Fine. I, no, like, seriously, that would have been... I would not put it past some people to just drive from California to Maryland for fun. Oh, wait, uh, real quick, before, before I go back to him, I'm going to text Miguel and say, if you don't hear from me in 48 hours... I'm dead in Baltimore. <laughs> no, he doesn't know where... He doesn't know he's going to Baltimore. He's just going to Maryland. Uh... I've been kidnapped by a man named uh, Henry Way. In, I'm in Maryland. Come find me. <laughs> I'm in just Maryland. Gets that, like, I don't think I will. To be fair, I saved his best friend. I saved his best friend's life. Also, Grant is an familia. That counts for a lot. Even if he's kind of a shithead sometimes, it counts for a lot. So the response you get is, we will be waiting. All right. And then I delete those two texts. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the, the two of you load up into a rental car and start driving west towards the airport. All right. And as you're driving way kind of like half looks at you. He's got one eye on the road, but he's also sort of looking at you and he cocks an eyebrow and says, you are being surprisingly 
accommodating. I expected to have to break your legs. Uh, it was. I was less worried about me and more worried about Amalia's well-being. And of course, now that we're on the freeway, you're not going to try anything stupid. No, of course not. I can't drive. Hmm. Well, I am, if nothing else, glad that you're not making this more difficult for me than it has been. I'm going to not tell him about the part where I wiped out the memory of where he, that he figured out where I was around, uh, what was that? What was that, March? Like, late March? It was Walpurgis Noct, which was April 30th. Eh, eventually I stopped hiding from you. <sighs> it would have been a lot easier if you just hadn't run in the first place. Yes. It would have been a lot easier for you to just murder me in the streets of New York. That would have been much easier for you. He reaches over and attempts, I will allow you to declare that you, like, duck out of the way of it, to slap you on the back of the head. Yeah, I'm going to duck out of the way of it, or at least attempt to. Uh, da, 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 that's cool, which is a zero, so he'll probably slap... Uh, he nicks me. He clips you. There was no reason it needed to go that far, Harrison. I know you, man, okay? Like, I know you've killed people for less, so I decided to take a safer bet and just exile myself for about a year and hope you calm down about it by then. No, you evidently don't actually know me if you think that the people I've killed has been for less. I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just going to shrug. You've been working under Parker this entire time, haven't you? Uh, yeah. And how much have they told you about the structure of the Crimson Ravens? Little to nothing? Have you bothered to ask about the structure at any point? Not really. I'm entirely unsurprised, but that doesn't stop me from being more than a little disappointed. I assume Parker's been paying you for your work. Uh, yeah. Do you know where that money comes from? The U.S. Mint? No. 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 Well, he sort of waves his hands in like a cosmic sense, I guess, but don't be smart with me. What are our financial sources? Do you know? Do you have a guess? Rich people shrug. Like, I, I guess. I don't know. Definitely not the U.S. government. They have a whole different thing. It's definitely not the U.S. government, and you are 50% correct with the rich people. We have a bunch of old, old contracts that got set up during our founding for certain well-to-do families to pump money into our coffers on a regular basis. 
I'm assuming those contracts are magical because I don't think any rich person would keep th- those contracts going on as long as they have. Oh, yes. The other half of the money is some weird fund. It's got the name Reynolds attached to it, but nobody knows what that's about. Ominous, but okay. He sort of shrugs. Nobody knows. We haven't been told anything. It's just this functionally bottomless pit of money that we fill ourselves up on. Okay. And of course you must know by now that that money exists largely to keep us alive. Keep us in food and housing and all of that. Yeah. And we don't, of course, get this money for free. Parker and I have access to bank accounts, of course, but we don't get to dictate when or how much they're full. Okay. And they can stop getting filled up at any time if we fail to adhere to certain protocols. Do you think I see where you're going with this? Would you like to guess what one of the most obnoxious protocols is? If someone spills the beans about the magic stuff, then you gotta throw them in a river, I guess. Either make them join or throw them in a river. Would you like to guess what the second most obnoxious protocol is? Uh... I... I got no idea, man. Nobody can find out about any of this. Hmm. So here's the problem, Harrison. What do you think happens if somebody does find out about this? And... You can't trust them to keep their mouth shut. <sighs> okay, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So, no. I haven't killed people for less. I have killed people. I've killed a lot of people. And I didn't do it with any remorse, which is maybe where you got the idea that I find it so easy to do. But I did it because it was necessary. Because if I let them talk about it, then the secret gets out. And then what happens? The New York cells, all of them, lose their funding because I'm in charge of all of them. And I just demonstrated myself to be incompetent and unable to upkeep the rules. So we don't get any money and they'll lose their leadership. And let me tell you, I'm sure Parker's been keeping it pretty hush-hush as to how much they have to deal with. It's about as much as we have to deal with, which means we're looking on the order of between 20 and 30 monsters a month. Do you think just anybody could manage that much? Could manage the people necessary to manage that much? No, no, not really. I have been at this for 45 years. 
And I have never met anybody who could do what I do. I'm pretty well convinced that when I die, there is going to be turmoil in New York for probably a calendar year. And so when you knock out the power to an entire city block, a wizard demonstrates that he is dangerous to the city of New York and then proceeds to evade me for basically 10 straight months? What do you think that does to my position? Quite frankly, I should have broken your legs and just dragged you back. I appreciate the fact that you didn't. It would have been more than you deserved. For as hard as you've made things for me and us this year. So, now that I finally have you, I am going to demonstrate to the people in charge that not only am I still able to catch dangerous wizards, despite my age, which is a thing that they are beginning to grow worried about, but that you were not nearly as dangerous as they thought you were, and you were in fact some dumbass child playing with things too big for him, and it's not a mistake you're ever going to make again. And you are going to do everything in your power to convince them of that as well. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Excellent. And he's not going to say anything else on the rest of the drive to the airport. You can if you want. So, what's the deal? Am I going to be allowed back into New York? Am I going to be allowed to go back home? Because I'm going to tell you right now, even if you say no, I'm going back home. He pulls over into the emergency lane and, like, puts the car in park and turns it off and turns all the way to you and says, that's the kind of talk that you need to be putting away. Yeah, I know. And I want to get it out of my system before we get there. By which I mean you need to be putting it away forever. Because if that's the attitude that you take coming back into New York, then you become an enemy of the Ravens again. And then I have to start actively hunting you. And as much of a dumbass child as you can be sometimes, Grant Harrison, you are useful and you don't actually strike me as a bad person. So I would rather not have to waste my time hunting you. You could have just said yes. So long as you don't keep causing problems, the answer will be yes. I will do my level best. Good. He'll get the car started back up and get back on the freeway. And that's all I wanted to say. That's all I wanted to ask. <laughs> all right. So he's already got tickets booked. And it was actually kind of a red-eye flight because he expected this to take a lot longer. <laughs> so you do have to sit in the airport for a while. He buys dinner for himself. You're left to your own devices. Yeah, that's fine. I figured as much. I buy dinner for myself. And also, like, part of the go bag involves a Nintendo DS. So... <laughs> and... 
the two of you will board the plane. And there is a quick hop, skip, and a jump off to Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, as we are walking through BWI, I look over and I go, they have a giant stained glass crab in their airport? What the hell is wrong with Maryland? Did that exist in 2012? Yes, it did. Okay. And even if it didn't, it does now. <laughs> it's an art installation. Crabs <laughs> are culturally important. I don't really concern myself with modern art. I have bigger crabs to fry, he says, putting his head you in his hands. You don't fry crabs, you boil them. I'm sorry, I'll stop being a petulant child now. So, two of you will catch a taxi and drive into the city, I guess. I don't have a map of Maryland in front of me anymore because someone deleted that game. Uh, hold on one second. I can get it for you if you give me... It isn't... I I don't need to obsess over geography here. I just need to say that it's weird for you, Grant Harrison, that the taxi comes to a stop outside of a graveyard. Technically, Poe's grave is its own, like, thing. Is it in a graveyard? I don't think it is. I think it's part of, like, a... I think it's part of the house that he lived in Maryland. Hold on a second. All right, so you pull up to kind of an old-timey house. It's it's one of those houses that have very obviously been preserved in its original state for probably a couple hundred years. What are we doing at the Edgar Allan Poe Museum? We're visiting the person in charge. Bullshit! For the first time, Way cracks a very crooked smile. He says, nope. Huh. May make sense now. Yeah, apparently he's one of the most powerful wizards ever to be born in America. Hmm. Or I guess I... Hmm. Tenses are weird when you're dealing with people who are dead but haven't moved on. Yeah, ghosts are weird like that. And the two of you walk up to... I'm going to declare that there's, like, a gating around this place. You walk up to a gate that is... Because it is nighttime right now. Because not only have you flown cross-country, but you have flown into a time zone that is three hours ahead. So it is definitely after closing for this place. But the way just sort of waves his hand in front of the lock on the gate and it comes open and he just marches through and holds it open for you. I walk through. He'll close it behind you. And as you walk inside, there's like four people around a gravestone. Or rather, there's three, and then there's some excessively shitty teen who's kind of off to the side, also with a DS in his hand. He's just kind of engrossed in it. Hell yeah, street pass. (laughs) But the 
the oldest of these humans, question mark, walks up to Wei and the two of them shake hands and they do that that man greeting thing where they just say each other's last name. So you know that this guy's last name is Seymour. And Seymour looks at you and asks if this is the guy. Way says that he is. And Seymour just kind of rubs his hand on his face for like a full five seconds. (laughs) He says, yes, that makes perfect sense. It's the hair, isn't it? It's also the vest. Fair enough. Also, by the way, it's definitely October by this point. Oh, yeah. uh, Orange hair with black highlights. I figured. And so the two of them will walk up to the grave proper and Wei will like put his hand on your back to steer you to it. Okay, I will walk in front of it. And Seymour will just like tap the toe of his foot on the dirt and say, Sir, Wei's here. And up out of the grave rises the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. Grant is going to think internally shorter than I imagined. Because th- I'm pretty sure Poe was actually fairly short in real life. Could not tell you. I, 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 I don't know for certain. I did a book report on him in seventh grade, but it did not include his height. <laughs> well, not book report, biography, whatever. Yeah. So well, Poe just kind of looks you over for a moment. And then he turns to Wei and says... I'm glad that you were finally able to catch him. And Wade just sort of is very much trying not to have an outburst. You can tell he's not happy about this power structure. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like the fact that somebody who's stuck in like 1890-something is still calling the shots. Yeah, you know, a dead guy who hasn't been outside of Maryland in a century and change. It's close it's, to like uh, 175 years. Old yeah. Running the world. Uh, but contracts are contracts, so he has to live with it. So he just says, yes, sir. He appears to have mellowed out somewhat since the incident. I was not required to use force to bring him in. And Poe just sort of nods to himself. Then he looks at you and he asks, So, has Henry briefed you on why you are here? Yes, he has. And you understand what you've done? Yes, I have. Now, my understanding is that you have worked with us in the past on a, and he looks at Seymour freelance basis, and Seymour nods. Uh, I have, and I actually continue to work with you on a more official basis these days. Poe kind of cocks his head and asks, with whom? 
Emery Parker, uh, Southern California. Yes, the redhead. Yes. We don't speak often. Well, they're on the other side of the country, of course not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Grant's thinking, but uh, Grant will just say, understandable. How have you found them to be as a leader? Competent, caring, and honestly, I believe they would die to protect any of us. What we should expect from all of our members. And Seymour just kind of looks away and scratches at the back of his head. (laughs) I ain't dying for any of these idiots. And you hear something like a scoff from the teen. (laughs) So, you understand then Mr. Harrison. Harrison. Where are my manners? My name is Edgar Allan Poe. I'm certain you've heard of me. I've read The Raven a couple of times, yes. Yes. I assume that the name of our organization makes a great deal more sense to you. I said as much as so to uh, Mr. Way on the way here. Wonderful. Oh, that was... You never quite forget your first hunt. No, no, you really don't. Well, Mr. Harrison, it's my understanding that you were practicing magic in public and it went out of control and damaged the power lines to a city block. That is correct. Why? Because the contracting work wasn't quite paying as much as I needed it to, so I had second avenues of income. One is art, but I thought because I was relatively adept at this small magic that I could do a show and potentially get more money. And I kept going a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and apparently I went too big and it glitched. Tell me what you've learned from this event. That magic is not a toy. All of the people around you quickly stifle laughter and snickering. (laughs) And that discretion is probably more important than I gave it credit for. It is. There have been moments in the history of the world where wider knowledge of magic began to creep out. And it has always ended very, very poorly. We do not hold these secrets because we find it fun 
or empowering. We do it because it is the safest way to be. So I'm glad to hear that you have learned that lesson at least. And uh, if, if it helps, because of this incident, I have not performed that particular avenue of income since I went over to Southern California. I completely dropped it 100%. I, the only time I cast magic is when I am on the job and grant 100% does not say that on the job is a very loose definition for him. <laughs> that is also very reassuring to hear. Now, I am not a fan of doling out punishments when it is not strictly necessary. And for as long as I have known you, he says with sort of a clever look on his face, you don't <laughs> strike me as somebody who would require that. Uh, just for fun, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. So for the time being, we will simply call this a youthful indiscretion. Thank you, sir. Now that said, if this happens again, I'm sure Henry has told you what that will mean. More or less, yes. Very good. Then let us all pray that it will never come to that. I'll, as I told him before, I will do my best to make sure it doesn't. Wonderful. And he will just kind of study you again for a moment and then quirk his head and ask, that is some very fascinating magic you have on you. How did you come to learn all of that? Um, more youthful indiscretion. I see. At first I thought he was going to talk about the hair and I was like, oh no, let's, let's just die. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully those days are behind you. They are, yes. Excellent. Well, Grant Harrison... As long as you remain in my employ, I hope that you will remain safe. I hope that your time will be fruitful. And I will hope that you will put all of the efforts you can into keeping the secrets that must be kept. I will. Yes. Very good. And he will nod at Wei, and he will nod at Seymour, and then he will just sort of sink back into the ground, and Wei and Seymour will shake hands again, and Seymour will just kind of head off. Alright, before the shitty teen heads off, 
I'm gonna be like, hey kid, do you have Gothia yet? Fucking course I do. I'll, I'll trade you. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do and uh, they will they will trade black and white exclusives. <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> While you are trading, Wei will make his way back to the curbside and call for a taxi. All right. Once the taxi comes, the trade will be complete, and I will thank the shitty team. We all know who it is. I don't know why we're dancing around it. It's Scab. It's Scab, everybody. Scab, he's here. Who's Scab? <laughs> Some fucking shitty teen. I've never heard of Scab before. It is 2012, and life is a blissful period of, you know, no pandemics or shit. Actually, I think 2012 kind of sucked, too. 2012. That's 30 whole years ago. To be fair, Scab <laughs> did live through the Spanish flu. Well, uh, so did everyone who didn't die. Big fucking deal. <laughs> All right, uh, and then Grant will get in the taxi. <laughs> Way will just tell you that he's taking you back to the airport and will trust you to set yourself back home. He's just going to head straight back to New York. All right. Uh, I will say I'll I'll be there in a couple of months. Like I said, there's something I need to do, uh, but you know, I'll be back in the new year. And once you pull up at the airport, he'll get out with you, and he'll regard you for a moment. Like he's he's trying to figure out exactly what he wants to say to you as you leave. As he's doing that, I I say. I'm going to assume that we're in a relatively private space, so that way, uh, what I say won't just like set off like a million red flags to anybody who just might happen to hear. And Grant will say, "You know, this hiding stuff can't last forever. We're in the age of people keeping cameras in their pockets." It's not up to me. And also, Pope is right. You don't strike me as somebody who reads your history books very much, but that kind of thing has never ended well before. And with the way things are going right now, I don't see it ending well anytime soon. No, but like it's it's gonna happen one way or another, and whether or not it's gonna turn out fine or not doesn't matter. It's just impossible to keep this up for much longer. You have to know that. He shrugs. Again, it's not up to me. I need to keep my people fed and housed, and I need to keep my city safe. Those are my concerns. Somebody wants to go in the river. (laughs) (laughs) I specifically said, I specifically said that he was, we were having this conversation someplace private. So... But at that point, Brent will just shrug and then Wei can say what he was going to say. Look, just keep your mouth shut. Don't make me come find you again. And keep yourself safe. I'll text you when me and Amalia get back to New York. I'm sure I'll have work for you if you're looking for it. Depends. And he'll clap you on the shoulder and get back into the taxi. 
and I will text Miguel saying everything's okay, and I'm on my way back. The response you get is, happy to hear it. Back to SoCal I go. Yeah. Back to the Hell Zone. Now entering the Dream Factory. Dr. Edwin Steiner. Yes. Bright and early one October morning, you get a text message from Victor saying, we have all of our ducks in a row. We're ready to move when you are. Uh, Right. Uh, We'll fire back. I can be ready in an hour. We'll be waiting at the same motel in Boston whenever you can get here. All right. Uh, then, all right, let's see. I'm going to need some John's tools. Uh, oh, um, Gregory, it looks like I'm heading up to Boston again. Please be safe. And also perhaps bring me a souvenir if you are able. Any requests? None at all. Please surprise me. Will do. Uh, keep an eye on Morton, by the way. I don't expect him to get into any trouble, but just you know, to make sure he's safe and happy. I will do so. Have a nice trip, Father. I will try to. I load up my tools, uh, bring a couple of the drones with me, and my, you know, not the carry-on luggage, but just general stuff. And I am off to the airport. It's not hard to get to Boston. Nor is it hard to get back to that motel. And Victor is awaiting for you when you get there. Victor? Professor? What time frame are we looking at? We'll be going in in the middle of the night. We expect this to take no more than three hours getting in and out. And that's the maximum time. Ideally, ideally 45 minutes. Uh, I assume you've properly scoped out the building. You don't see any complications? Not at all. Or rather, every complication that we've managed to make ourselves aware of we figured out either a way round or through. Excellent. Alright. With me, but I assume you have what you need on hand. Yep, everybody who's coming in has got all the tools that we're gonna need. But I'm certain that you've built plenty of useful items in our time apart. So don't feel like you have to leave anything here. Well, a few things. Most of it I can carry on my purse. Ah, uh, yeah, these are wonderful little toys I've built. They are autonomous drones. I use them to monitor, you know, from areas of ends. I think they will come in quite handy tonight. Yeah, if... I think if we put them high enough up, that would function as our own sort of security system. Are they all networked to each other? They can be. Wonderful. I'm sure we can hand that off to someone. 
That'll actually make the security system easier to deal with. We won't have to get our own feed going. We can just create our own. You can control them directly, or you can have them set on a path. It's quite handy. Excellent. Uh, and everything else I can carry on my person. I've learned quite a few little tricks. <laughs> but in the meantime, I think we should rest up and get ready. I am particularly kind of fatigued flying half the way across the country. will do that to you. So I'm going to get a little bit of shut iron before the whole thing goes down. Sure. I... I can never sleep before these things. I get too amped up. So I'll wake you up when it's time for us to get rolling. Yes. Do so. Is this my bed here? I wasn't expecting to sleep, so whichever one you want is yours. I'll stick this one. By the way, Steiner, it is very obvious to you that Victor is more nervous than he has ever been for a heist before. Yeah, I kind of get that, but I'm also trying to not let on that I know. Yeah. I feel like that would endanger his family. I am playing, as, playing it coy, as the youth say. <laughs> Keeping it cool. Keeping it on the DL. I don't see what a fish has to do with anything. Well, fish are cold. They're cold-blooded. <laughs> Have you ever seen you ever seen fish panic? No. I think fish panic, like, all the time. I think that's, like, one of the big things they do. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a myth. <sighs> I've never seen a panicked fish. They always have that same look on their face. Yeah. Sounds fake to yeah, me. Yeah, that's panic. <laughs> <laughs> so, if if you do, in fact, manage to fall asleep... I traveled cross country. I just dropped like a stone. <laughs> right on. Victor shakes you awake, and... It is very much night out right now. Little mm. analog clock that the hotel provides says that it's like 1 a.m. Later than I thought. All right. Let's get on the road. You will nod and sling a duffel bag over his shoulder, and the two of you will head out into... A car that he has acquired by some means. And you will head to... I will definitely re-record this with the actual name of the place. I think we named it like Applied Materials Sciences or something. Something like that, yeah. A AMS. And you will drive to it and then past it and you'll go like three blocks down and get into a like parking lot for a small shopping mall must have a quite extensive security system for this part they do it's much easier to approach with a long draw distance And he'll hop out, and the two of you can make your way 
around back the next closest building, and there's like eight people waiting for you guys. And you recognize all of them. We may have gotten the band back together. He shrugs, but he's got a kind of pleased look on his face. Uh, For some of us, this was our whole lives. It wasn't hard to get everybody back in. And everybody does come up to you either in ones or twos and just greets you, shakes your hand, says that they're glad to have you back. It's good to be back. One last last job, as they say in movies. So the ten of you start heading towards AMS and partway there, two people break off and head down through a manhole and Victor tells you that they are going to hit some electrical systems such that you all will be able to slip past outside security. Hmm. Uh, what would be a good time to send one of these drones up, do you think? Uh, probably at the same time the power gets cut. Just get it up really high, I guess, if you're wanting to set something outside. Send it on an autonomous surveillance of the building. How to go out. And the eight of you now will get up to, like, the last block before you're there, and then Victor will pull everybody to a stop and will place a phone call and then start doing a quiet countdown from 30. And then on zero, he'll point at the building and everybody will not quite sprint, but like two levels below sprint. So we were briefed on this and I'm not caught by surprise here. Right, yeah. And you all will get up to the back door and would you like to attempt to break through the black door? Uh, sure. Let's see. Anybody want, want me to roll for that? Just like oh, sharp? Or? Either, either cool or sharp, your choice. Mm, it's more of the mat. I'm just going to do sharp. All right. Yep. Yeah, that's an 11. Yeah, that... Those locks just fold before you. Fucking unfold your multi-tool and it all all the little arms just kind of jam themselves into the lock and it's just a rapid fire clicking and clanking and then there's just comes undone. Still haven't invented the better lock yet. There are some appreciative oohs and ahs from the group. Uh, I take the opportunity to send up the drone and put it in an autonomous pattern around the building. And I've still got the other one with me. You all will make your way inside. Another two people will break off down one corridor. And Victor will quietly say that they are going to hit the security station. 
but you all can't afford to wait for them, so you're going to need to keep moving and move carefully. So now I would like an act under pressure roll to do so. Okay. Seven. Seven. Not a failure. Just barely. So you are about to duck around a corner and one of the others just like grabs you by the shirt and full body pulls you back. You go down kind of hard. I'm not going to have you take harm. It's just... Ah, my old man hips. <laughs> you are told that you almost dove head first into a camera. Isn't that on the map? And once everybody pulls up to that corner, Victor counts down a three, two, one, go. And then you all round it. And it seems like you were just off on the timing. But you do make it the rest of the way down. And you come to a very impressive looking door. <sighs> it's this is a big, important looking door. Yeah, this is, uh, this is sort of the front door for the elevator. It's sort of an antechamber. Gotta get through this one first. There's like eight locks on it, so we're all gonna... We all need to get to work on those now. And everybody nods and gets to work on it. I'm assuming that also means me. That also means you, yes. So why don't you give me another sharp roll, because some of these locks are electronic. Twelve. Hot damn. No lock can stand against me. You do far more than your fair share on this door. And it pops open with kind of a gentle hiss, and Victor kind of, like, gives you a little tap on the shoulder. Like, you know, nice. Lost my touch in that respect, at least. <laughs> he says, "If you uh, if you want to put one of the drones in here, this will probably be the best place." Uh, is there uh, anywhere I could like fix it to save power instead of it being just in a hover mode? Like something I can set it on top of that would still like have a view of the door. Uh, why don't you give me another sharp roll just to see if you can find a place like that? Nope. You cannot. Room is pretty barren. I'll just have it on standby mode. Delete battery, but what toast do I have? Roll the six. I'm not counting that as experience because there's no consequences for it. Yeah. The six of you now will head through the antechamber and there seems to be a sort of decompression sequence almost before you are let through into the actual elevator and as he said there are a pair of devices sticking out of the wall and one of them seems designed to draw blood and the other seems designed to scan an eyeball I pull out the retinal scan we took of the poor hapless bathroom friend. Uh-huh. 
and Victor will pull out what looks like a fake finger. Uh, do these have to be done simultaneously, or does it matter? Roughly simultaneously. Right, then a short count in town, if you please. Three, two, two one, go. Do the thing. Push it up. He'll do your thing. He'll do his thing. There's some beeping and booping. And then he'll pull the thumb off, and you can pull your retinal spoofer away. And then the elevator will begin to descend very smoothly. You almost don't notice when it happens. Nicely done. (sighs) Yep. It's all gone smooth so far. Now, um... When we get when we get down there, the the materials are this this new element appears to have a roughly metallic atomic structure, so they've put it into ingot form. So that's what we'll be getting. Right. Do you have any idea what it actually is? We just have the room. It's a series of laboratories down here. I know which one we're heading for, but not much beyond that. Okay. It's a little bit of hide and seek, that's fine. We have we have about the two thirty, two hours, thirty more minutes to play with, really. Yeah, plenty of time. And the elevator will come to a stop and the doors will open with a ding. And there are a number of open and closed laboratory spaces. Some of them are behind doors. Some of them you can just walk straight into. And you all head towards one that's sort of towards the back. And again, I'm not going to make you roll to notice it. By this point, Victor is like sweating. Alright. Do I say anything or Is there like like a post-it note or something I could just like write on? I'm willing to allow you to declare that you brought one. Alright. Uh I take just like a moment surreptitiously just write out a little note that says it's going to be okay and just quietly pass it to Victor. He doesn't look at it at first because he's focusing, but once you all pull up to the specific door and two of the people who are with you start working on the keycard lock, he reads it and he goes pale. And then the keycard spoofer Works and there is a beep and a click on the door as it unlocks. And then you begin to hear slow, heavy footsteps coming from back towards the elevator. What do you do? I immediately click the armor on and I just turn around. For the record, Victor, I've known for months. By the way, Alex is still alive. 
Nobody knows how to handle the power armor or the things that you just said. So Victor is just kind of gaping at you. Uh, I'd stay back a little bit, by the way. And then at this point, I draw the arm sword just, just, just to make it even more over the top. <laughs> well, as you square up and everybody just sort of gapes at you and or shuffles into the office that they just opened up to get out of the way of whatever's about to happen. The ram steps into view and he's pretty fucked up looking. Definitely at least eight feet tall. His skin is like cherry red <laughs> and his eyes are huge and yellow all the way through and he's wrapped in some sort of like thin black armor and as he gets fully like into view he says stop right there criminal <laughs> you look terrible I, I will stop you, Professor Gears. <sighs> well, welcome to try. But I've learned quite a few little tricks since last week. It will not be so easy. He rears back and then leans forward and roars like a beast and charges you. What do you do? Uh, right, I'm just... Well, he's, it's the ram, but he's acting quite like a bull, so I'm just going to try to, at the last moment, sidestep and hit him. So I'm going to do um, act in pressure to get out of the way. Yeah. Eight. So... Uh, you're going to be able to make this roll, but you're not going to get any, like, bonuses to it for dodging. All right. So just barely sidestepping. He's slightly faster than I expected, but I can yeah. deal. Also, he's bigger than, like, you might... You are expecting to fight a human because he was a human. And so his dimensions are unfamiliar enough to you that you are misjudging things here at the very beginning. I just got to get my groove back. All right, so I am going to make that counterattack, though. Yeah. Which is a 14. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see, and I've advanced. Um, hmm. Do I want to take no harm, or would I want to do double harm? <laughs> No harm, just completely clown him. Yeah, let's do no harm right now. Just while I'm still getting a feel for him. Right on. So you you cut and you cut deep. It doesn't seem like this process has hardened him at all. It's just made him big, red, and mad. He's just me. Luckily, it has not made him nude. <laughs> you don't know that those are clothes. 
It's actually incredibly dense body hair. Disgusting. I love it. He has manifested an exoskeleton. No, but you you cut pretty fucking deep with your sword. And he screams and tries to take a swipe at you, but you've been fighting bigger and or badder for months now. Just some big angry hulk is far and away not the worst you've dealt with. What's the wound looking like? Is it trying to close up or is regeneration not on the list of things? Presently, it appears that regeneration is not on the list of things. Okay. If I go into his enraged state, he might start regening HP and then I gotta double my DPS or we're gonna hit the enraged timer. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> save all your cooldowns for uh, for the final phase, otherwise... Nerds! Healers Look, just make sure you pop all of your cooldowns when he does his tank buster. <laughs> uh, so as you are, like, plotting your next move against this guy, he rounds on and points at Victor and says, You! How could you tell him? How could you let him know? didn't tell me anything. I knew about this a long time. And Victor is just like on the ground panicking. He seems to be on the verge of tears. What do you do, Dr. Edwin Steiner? First, I want to keep his attention off of Victor. All right. So while he's actually not, he's actually distracted right now, so I can just go ahead and take a shot at him. Yeah. I'll give you a plus one to it. Kick his ass, Seabass. That's another 12. And Kick his ass, Seabass. Uh, let's actually... Well, no. That's an, that's not an advanced one. Um, let's, yeah, let's do double normal harm since he's away from me right now. And if he has any ranged attacks, this will be a fun way to learn about them. What are you hitting him with? Uh, the laser cannon. Ah. So, that doubles to four. <laughs> you sure you don't want to hit him with the mass driver? That's an area, and I don't want to hit anyone else in this room by accident. All right. So you shoot a hole straight through him, and he screams. I expected that not to well, not to do that. Go a little bit spongy. And he will round on you and try to body check you. Roll me an act under pressure to try and dodge. Seven. Seven. So I'm good with the attacks, not so much the dodging. Yeah, you are going to get clipped. That's going to go to three harm. With armor or? With armor. Yes, three harm, subtract armor. Sorry. Okay. Just making sure. And because I don't, I don't believe that there's a way that this guy is going to be able to kill you, but I still want this fight to have consequences. I'm going to ask that this harm sticks around for next hunt. Got it. All right. Um, I have a mean idea. You do, in fact, have a mean idea. So he clipped me, but he didn't knock me down, so I can recover for it quickly. I'm just going to charge him and take a big swing with the sword, specifically at his right arm. 
All right. <laughs> That's a 10. Hmm, let's go for suffer less harm. Because I am right up on him. And your sword does three? It still does three. All right. Well, congratulations. You just cut his fucking arm off. You are very much softer than I expected. That still feels very good. How does it feel, big man? <laughs> he is... He is looking, honestly, like he's on his last legs. He is breathing heavily. He drops to one knee and he clutches his stump with his remaining arm. The expression on his face is one of confusion. Ah, this is actually kind of sad. Sorry, old fellow, but you just got left behind. Yeah, it turns out that when you spend nine months training against magical monsters, some dude with a bit of chemical engineering in him is... Maybe, maybe not as scary as you remember him being. He was state of the art 20 years ago, not so much now. So, let's wrap this up. Where is Victor's family? I'll, I'll never tell you, cr criminal. Well, I tried. He did. He is extraordinarily dead with that 13. What are you doing to finish him off? Just the most humane way. I'm just going to cut his head off. Just do this quickly. He has not been well for a long time, and this is probably the, for the best. Yeah. And... You are so much faster than him, and your blade is so magically sharp that there's nothing he can do to stop you. Hmm. It is an exceptionally clean cut that brings an end to the ram. Huh. <sighs> just wiping the blade off and I turn back to Victor. Victor. Ah. Well. I don't suppose you know where he was staying, so to speak. He's just kind of looking at you. The, the expression on his face is too complicated to read. There's a lot going on inside of him right now. Okay, uh, this is a lot to take in. I'm sure I've had a few months. I, I've had a while to deal with stuff, but... Uh, I've been quite busy, as you can see. There was a period where I was just kind of going along with it, but as of recent, I've gotten uh, back on my game, so to speak, and... Well, yes, I've gotten... quite good at this, actually. Uh, I'm all right. Um... Victor? I... 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 I need a minute. 
Okay. Focus, though, do you know where he was staying, where he would have been keeping your family? Yeah, yeah, I know where they are. I know where they are. Uh, are they in good health? Do you know that much at least, or...? Yeah, he... He needed them alive to make me... God, I guess you know. Yes, he seemed like he was still playing the role of the good guy in his head. And the good guys don't hurt hostages. It is a shame it had to end like this, but... He was very, uh, just long gone, as the Americans say. Yeah, he, I don't. I don't know when he turned into that, but oh, right. It's, well, don't feel like we should leave him here, but we're not exactly prepared for bodies. Hmm. I don't know what to do. Well, first of all, we should finish the job we came here to do. I mean, we're here. We are right next to our prize. We may as well not leave empty-handed. I mean, I guess, yeah, sure, okay. And he'll... It, it takes him a good, like, minute and a half to find his way back to his feet. Okay, Rob, Chloe, you joke, but that actually might be the best way to deal with this. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. <laughs> just just huck it in the Deadlands. I'm sure something out yeah. there will be happy to eat it. Just like, so Victor, give me like two minutes. You guys go ahead. We'll be right there. And just call Roxanne. Can you port over here for uh, two minutes? I have a... I have a voided out science experiment that needs to be disposed of. I didn't make it. Dr. Steiner, are you asking me to get rid of a body? I didn't want to use those exact words, but yes. Yeah, okay, whatever. Just fucking dip in there and then, I don't know, drop it somewhere in the Deadlands. Dinner time, you mongrels. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere way out in the middle of fucking nowhere that you visited on your trip to the gate. I've been to several nowheres. Yeah. Just quietly cleaning up the blood. <laughs> it's like, okay, we robbed you, but we're not going to leave a dead body in your labs. That's just that's just unprofessional. Well, yeah, plus, like, someone might try and reverse engineer him or something. Yeah, last thing we need is more of this guy. I don't know, he seems like kind of a chump. Yeah, but like six of them at once might be a little bit of an issue. Mm. Like a whole squad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The All the DHG agents are fucking roided out weirdos. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't need to be roided out weirdos. They've got lasers coming in a couple years. Uh, just like clean up, finish cleaning up the blood, and I step into the elevator with Victor. All right, so that's taken uh, care uh, Into the lab where uh, they were getting everything. Because in addition to the ingots that they've been loading into duffel bags, they also booted up a computer to get a hold of, you know, research materials. Uh, how's it coming along in here? Well, we're trying to be real 
we're trying to be real careful with the ingots, because I guess apparently they're frictionless. How? How would they store them? Just, just like more custom molded insets. They've got some sort of like film on them. Okay. What are we pulling from the computers here? Just whatever documents they have on how they made this stuff and like how they're storing it, what sort of treating they're doing on it, stuff like that. It's, uh, let me load up my bag then. Show me how you were handling these here. Yeah, it's it's very gingerly. They are in fact wrapped in some sort of like weird space age cling film that lets them not slip out of your hands like hyper soap. I think space age cling film is just like saran wrap. <laughs> like the space age was about uh, eighty years ago, <laughs> or sixty rather. They're all just Fine. fucking laminated. Bust my nuts about it, why don't you? Uh, oh yeah, you all load up the ingots into the duffel bags that you brought and just load every file that you can get a hold of onto a couple of flash drives. And then now you all make your way back to the elevator. How are we for time, Victor? Um... If I'm being perfectly honest, um, I kind of stopped keeping track once we got to the elevator. Yes, we'll talk more about that whole thing when we get back to the hotel. For now, let's focus on the job. Right, right. Head in the game. Head in the game. Are we just going to like leave without incident, or are you going to throw me another curveball? I feel like at this point, there are no more curveballs that need to be thrown. A second bigger ram ram rod <laughs> everybody here is a professional and while this is the hardest job you all have ever done you've taken an exceptional amount of time getting prepared so, so the ram ram 2 <laughs> ramzilla ram nato <laughs> no Pride of ram no, there are no more incidents getting out and getting back to your cars. I got one more. Mm-hmm. Ram hard with a vengeance. Okay. I'm done now. I've done that a few times. All right, I just retrieve my drones as we go. Mm-hmm. No use leaving stuff that might point back to you here. So everybody will split up, and you and Victor can head back to the motel. Are we going back to the hotel, or are we going to go get his family? What's up with that? He is on sort of autopilot to take you back to the hotel, but you can encourage him to do otherwise. Uh, Victor, are you with us here? Victor. I mean, I'm with you enough to drive. Um, should we go get your family, do you think? Fuck, yeah, if you don't mind. Sure, we can talk on the way. Is it far? Um, other side of the city, but otherwise, no. So I suppose you would like, um, 
some explanation. I will give you what I can. Apparently Alex is alive, so I'm guessing that's how you knew that this was happening. Yes, he's living in Southern California, as it were. I buried him. Yes, uh, I know. Um, apparently he's picked up a little magic let's and play Ted. So after you buried him, he unburied himself. So all those stories he was telling were true? The, the magic and, and the monsters and everything? Yes, uh, apparently all of them were. Incidentally, uh, that's what I've been doing for the past... It's been now eight months, something like that. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, I'm trying to be selective on what I tell you because this is information that I'm not technically supposed to be telling you, but... Well, you are my dear friend, actually, and I feel like you have a right to know, considering everything that's happened. I have um, joined an organization that deals with um, things that are out of the ordinary, so to speak. And I have been part of that for about a year now, and I have seen some shit, as Alex would say. Well, as, as Alex does say. I, yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense, but with how you handled that thing. A little anticlimactic, but life is not a movie. These things just happen as they do. Um, so I have dealt with some things in the recent past, in some cases the very recent past, that make the ram just kind of look like nothing. To uh, ask you to not speak about this sort of thing to other people offhanded. I think. I don't remember. I think Alex. I think he told me not to tell Victor, but oopsie doopsie. He told you not to tell him, but that was because, like, he didn't want it getting back to the ram and for the ram to come hunting for him. Hmm the old fucking threat that is. Well, he didn't. Um, and I don't actually know how, well, I know how to get in contact with him, but I don't think he has, you know, like a phone number you can call. If I see him again, I can tell him to, you know, get oh, in you contact two with Oh, you two 10,000% exchanged phone numbers when you met. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I don't know how he'd feel about me giving you your phone number. I'll have to ask him, but... He's the one who tipped me off to the ram holding your family hostage, which is why I came around on the job. And here we are. Yeah, if I'm... If I'm being perfectly honest, um... Well, I did miss working with you, but I was okay to leave that whole life behind me. I just... I didn't have a choice. Yes, I know. That's why I agreed. This this whole thing, getting the gang back together, contacting you, all of it was in service of tonight, I guess. Can I ask you, just out of curiosity, when the Ram found you? How long has this been going on? 
The ram found me about two months before I first contacted you. That's how long it took me to figure out where you were. So I covered my tracks as well as I could, but you were always good at digging up that sort of thing. Yeah, I also made a really lucky first guess. That's just sometimes that's how it happens. Yeah, I the first thing I decided to try and do was check the names of engineering professors at high end colleges. Well, you guessed correctly. So, what happens now? Well, depends on a lot of things. Um, so I'll have I'll talk to Alex. He'll probably at least want to say hi to you, just for old times' sake, and probably apologize for the whole funeral thing. Trying to keep as much information. This is a more you know, the, the less you know, the better off you are kind of deal. I expect you would likely just want to go home and forget all of this. Just be with your family and just have a quiet, peaceful life. Am I in the ballpark? I think for a while. Yeah. Hmm. If I can. If I can get sentimental about it. Well, it well, it wasn't my choice to be doing this in particular. It's working with you has really been the only thing that's ever felt right for me. I don't <laughs> really know what, it, what to do with the rest of my life. Well, if you get that feeling again, you know how to contact me. The organization I work for, for is always happy to have extra hands. But this is, I'm not going to lie, dangerous work. Most of the people in this line of business don't have families for good reason. But consultants are always welcome. People can dig up information, find things out that don't want to be found out, that sort of thing. You know, your specialty. I think I could do that. Um, we'll keep in touch. Yes, but we still do have, you know, a hotel room and a car ride to share, so... And the, uh... Eventually you will pull up to a pretty run-down-looking house. And... Victor will just, like, not even bother turning the car off. He'll just throw it into park and bolt out. I would just reach over and turn the car off. <laughs> and then just get out and lock it and walk up. Yep. And he basically just kicks through the door. And you hear him calling out two female names and eventually someone calls back and they sound it is a weak callback but he makes his way over in that direction and if you choose to catch up you will find him with what is presumably his wife and his daughter 
even seeing you with it, it's still hard to picture you as a family man. Uh, I don't need to interrupt, sorry. He is crying, but he still fixes you with a wry smile. And he says, well, um, I, I get, okay, so I wasn't completely honest about not knowing how to do anything besides working with you, I guess. <sighs> are, are you, are, are you two all right? Um, are you hurt? I do have medical training. Some medical training. Uh, just a, a quick check over shows that they are on the most positive side of underfed, but outside of that, they're pretty good. Let's get you some food and some water. What is even open at this hour? Probably not a lot. Waffle House is always open. <laughs> but that's All right. We could sort of clock wipe through recovering Victor's family. Get them back to the hotel, get them something to eat, something, you know, go down easy. Yep. So, what do you do? I suppose the next morning, I will give Alex a call. Yep. What's going on, Peachy? It's been a while. Uh, hello, Alex. I am in Boston. I have just dealt with our old friend. No kidding. Mm-hmm. How'd, uh, how'd all that turn out? How'd, how's VM? Uh, safe and happy. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, I thought I might give him your number just to have a conversation at some point. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Everything is good and happy ending for everyone, I think. Yeah, that's that's real good to hear. I'm gonna I'm sleep better. Even with everything that's coming up, I'm gonna sleep better knowing that they're all alright. Indeed. <sighs> we had a little brief conversation. I tried not to give any information that I didn't need to. But um, in the coming future, I might talk about um, adding his particular skill set to our little group. That'd be a hell of a thing. Indeed. But right now, I'm just going to let him enjoy his time with his family. Yeah. You, uh, and you're not hurt or anything, right? The, uh... I, took, uh, I think I've got a bruise on my couple of ribs, but other than that, I'm pretty good. It was um, a considerably softer target than I expected. The years have done nothing for him. It's probably more that the years have done everything for you. That's one way to look at it. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know how everything went. And again, thank you for the tip-off. Yeah, I, I appreciate you telling me what's up. I am going to head out because I need to catch a plane back to L.A. Yeah, you, um, stay safe, and I'll see you in three months. Yes. I've got some new goodies to play with in the meantime. (laughs) Have fun. Wait to see what I can do with this stuff. See you around, Alex. Don't be a stranger. 
Yeah. You take care. So, you can get back to L.A. no problem. Put your ingots of uh, a previously unknown element through baggage check. I... And... Yeah, hope the airliner doesn't lose that bag. Be awkward. So what was in your bag? Not stolen goods. <laughs> Definitely not stolen goods. And you can get back home. Ah, back. Two days of back-to-back flights. Welcome back, Evan. Good to be back. I have some lovely little gifts and souvenirs for you. That makes me extremely excited. Ah, here's one here. This is a completely frictionless metal. Astounding! Indeed. And here's... Well, this is just a big crab bag of blueprints and documentation. I'm not entirely sure what's all in there. Have fun with it. I will begin perusing it immediately. Thank you for this wonderful gift. Oh, you're quite welcome. I'm glad that your trip was so fruitful. It really was. So, Roxanne. Hmm. So me. So you, you have returned to ground floor of Elysium and have just been sort of walking in a direction. The blind air just sort of picked a direction and started walking, probably for the sole purpose of having a walking direction. You're probably not actually going anywhere in particular. Right. But they've been quiet while you thought. So I've been thinking a lot about what I could even possibly ask you about. I guess why any of this happened. I feel like I already know the answer to a lot of these questions, you know? I was told to do something because it had to be done. That, because it was the best way for the best answer, the best result of all of this. And she gestures to nothing in particular. So, I I guess my real question then, the only one that I can think of that really matters is, how much of this happened and how much of this had to happen? How much of this is some fatalistic conspiracy based on a bunch of written down prophecies or whatever? How much of this didn't happen on purpose is I guess what I want to ask. That is difficult to answer in the terms that you have asked it. 
but we feel that we could answer it in a slightly roundabout way, if you are willing to accept that. I mean, I've come to terms with the fact that I don't think I'm ever going to get an answer I'll enjoy. So, the best answer you can give me is the answer I'll take. The truth of the matter of prophecy is that none of them are necessarily true. Ever. But they could be. Right? They could be. And you would find here, if you had the sight that we do, that there are, in fact, many conflicting prophecies. Of course not. Why would anything ever be simple? The blind air stops walking for a moment and seems to think. They sort of like cock their head and look slightly upward. And they ask, would you present us further if we framed it in the way of the comic that you have bonded with the Anointed One's son over? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Basically, everything is a Vriska and nothing is a Vriska. All right, yeah. Just fucking... Just say it. Destroy me. Do it. <laughs> so the blind air sort of like spins and spreads their arms to indicate the entirety of this place. Elysium functions in the manner of a seer of time. We keep souls here that contain knowledge that we cannot afford to have lost yet. But we also keep prophets here, and they see possible futures indiscriminately. All possible things that could unfold. These visions are then fed to us, and it is our role to act as a seer of mind, to judge which possible futures are most desirable and which events must occur to lead us to those futures. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. Well, I've got to say, you're not half as personal as another seer of mind I can think of. We do not find personability to be necessary. We were also not made highly personable. Fair enough. None of what has occurred must have occurred. An infinite number of other possibilities may have occurred in its place. However, we have done everything in our power to steer events in directions that we have judged to be favorable. So it's just a bunch of choices you made, a bunch of, a bunch of, maybe not choices, was the right word. A bunch of decisions based on the information that you had been given 
towards one of the possible eventualities. To use an example that you would understand viscerally, your encounter with the Sovereign a number of months ago, we saw millions of possible outcomes for that. And many of them involved your death, and many of them did not. However, there were no conclusions to that event that had you alive and not in the shape that you currently hold. When the Sovereign extracted those pieces from you, if you were not transformed, you would die. And so we changed you. That is one such decision that we made based on the information that we were given from the prophecies that we have received. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it all sort of makes sense in roundabout fashion. Like I could stand here all day asking you, you know, about all of the little bits that you've had me pick up over the course of this. Those are for an extended project that will be reaching its conclusion soon. We are quite excited about the results. <sighs> Consider me terrified. But, you know, I'm a little intrigued at the same time. <sighs> so these questions have to strictly be about me? Not at all. Ask as you like. Well, I guess I'll just find out if you can't answer, won't I? <sighs> so the Sovereign would have had to have made you, right? Correct. Then... Did he make you with the knowledge that you were going to try and stop him? He did not. Our original purpose and our ongoing purpose was twofold. The first was to safeguard the lover. And the second was to utilize the resources of Elysium to guide the future to a state that we found most desirable. The Sovereign expected our desires to align with his more closely than they have turned out to. Hmm. Well, I mean... I'm glad you're on our side, I guess. Or at least, I'm glad we're on the same side for the moment. 
as much a meaning as you can give any sides. We are on the side of preventing the extinction of the human race. Yeah. Me too. I'm, uh, a lot of my friends are human, it turns out. Though a couple aren't. I mean... I guess even if they weren't. I don't really... Not a big fan of genocide, generally. We find that to be highly undesirable as well, in all cases. Well, you know, that's one thing we got in common. Gosh, I have... Is... Being... Were you always in that crystal? No, but our time outside of it was short. Is that you saying that you were created and then put in the crystal because you were made specifically to watch over this place because the Sovereign was leaving? Correct. The specific circumstances of our origins were that the Sovereign took the 20 greatest of his creations after the founding of Elysium and fused them into us. And then preserved us. Well, I guess that explains the arm. Do you ever resent being stuck here? We do not know any other way to be. So, no. This is our home. This is where we were created to be. This is what we were created to do. We find it satisfying. Yeah, I suppose that makes a lot of sense. I guess it's more along the lines that I just wonder Maybe the thing you ended up doing is the right thing, sure. But do you ever... I guess... resent the manner in which it had to happen. But... I guess you wouldn't die. It is not a matter of would or would not. It is that... we cannot allow ourselves to. We recognize that we perpetrate a great many cruelties on the world, but they are necessary. Yeah. We would be far less happy with the way the world was if we did not do these things. Fair enough. I guess your perspective is also a lot different than mine. And I can't really fault you for... making the choices you've made and doing what you think is best.
So... The me that is... part of Elysium, I guess. There was... There was a girl, a Roxanne Harrison, that was going to be no matter what, right? But the... There was always going... But... Sorry, I'm struggling with how I want to put this. There's always going to be a Roxanne Harrison, but that didn't have to be me. I could just as easily have been someone else. So... Why her, I guess? The choice of you was not arbitrary. It was highly deliberate. There were a number of futures that we saw where individuals other than you were chosen. The majority of them failed. And of the ones that succeeded in the world lines in which you do succeed, you succeeded better than any. So of all of the people to exist in the world right now, there is no one better than you for this. Hmm. You know, I think that's the highest praise anyone's ever given me. Even if it's just... I guess a statement of fact. Take the statement of fact as an even greater compliment. Of all the eventualities that time could possibly form, you perform better than any other. There is no one better than you to do this. And that is a fact on a level higher than anyone has ever existed. Yeah. Okay. I think... I think I get it. And, you know, I don't think I have any other questions. I think... (sighs) Unless someone has a question that they want me to ask, because I can't think of any other questions. I'm pretty satisfied. Um... If we may assume, we believe that there is one that we have been holding on to. We know that the life you live is one that you find suboptimal. And we know that you give thoughts to returning to your old life. You know, honestly, I've thought about it a lot. Asking you to fix it, asking you to put things back the way they were, I guess. But, 
it doesn't sit right with me. And it doesn't sit right with me to have this done to me. And then... have you undo it. I guess the the autonomy of it I don't agree with. So I'm going to stay like this until I can do something about it. I don't have any desire to have someone solve my problem for me. Especially not the person who did it. I am... At this point, I don't even know if I'm angry. But I am stubborn. So this is just the way I'm going to have to go with it. We are exceptionally pleased that that is your answer. I'm glad to meet your expectations. And I look forward to exceeding them. And the blind air will... You you still can't see the upper half of their face. But you can't see the lower half. And they are smiling at you as this projection disappears before you. And you are left alone in a quiet patch of Elysium. I guess I think I'm just going to hang out for a while. Take my time going home. Got some stuff to think about. Maybe stare at the sun for a while. Which one? Probably the important one. Eh, maybe. Maybe say hi to some of my friends since I'm here. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll meet someone new. <laughs> I do still have an acquaintance that I've never met. Fuck. I should have asked about that. God damn it. Who's the acquaintance you haven't met? There was someone that I met when I was getting high as balls. Oh, yeah. The prophecy dude. That's right. I should have asked him about that. <laughs> Maybe another time. You are not forbidden from coming back here. Yeah, no, too enough. late. You did it. You had your one chance. You fucked up. <laughs> you only had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, and you let it slip. Rip. 
I can't believe everybody fucking died because Roxanne forgot to ask about uh, some guy. <laughs> I don't even know where the I don't even I think he got rid of the art, but like uh or no, you posted it in Discord, that's right. You never posted it uh in the actual World 20, but yeah. <sighs> That guy is the most important character in the entire campaign, and you forgot to ask about him. Rip. The most important character in Homestuck. By the way, Ape, fuck you, and here you only get to make one more. I made the entire setting of Homestuck. <laughs> that still only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Grant Harrison. Yeah. What are we doing today? Uh, trying to learn self magic so that way I can get this fucking asshole out of my head. But the problem is I have no idea where to start with that. Now, Grant, you say that. But secretly, you have known somebody who does self magic for a while now. Is it John? It's not John. Okay. <laughs> no, this is not a fact that I am springing on you. This is something that you know, but maybe you haven't known in this context. This, this is not a hidden fact. It's just something you've never thought about. Okay. Uh. Oh shit, is it, uh... Not Miguel. No, that, that, that actually might be his name. I looked his name up earlier this session, and I've already forgotten it because it never... Is it Hand Science Guy? No, it's not Hand Science Guy. I. Oh, yeah, I was right. Is it Miguel? It is not Miguel. Okay. Miguel just has a sort of bardic enhancement magic. Is it Jason? It's not Jason. Would you like Damn to it. Yes, please. Well. Hey. Okay, you don't know this, so this is not something you could follow up on. But yeah, actually what Jason is doing is a form of self-magic, but it's not what you need, and you would not be able to make that connection. Okay. So it is Jason, but it isn't Jason. Correct. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It's not anybody from the gang. Okay. Trying to... I'm looking at the randos list that I have. Obviously, it's Roxanne. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's not John. Is it Sifu Ho? It is not. Mm. Shit. Okay. Uh, it's Officer Ross. No. <laughs> It's not the rabbi, because the rabbi just discovered magic. I don't think he's into that fucking... It is not him, no. Would you like me to give you another hint? Yes, please. I'm stupid and tired. Stop looking at randos. Oh, okay. Also, not the California conglomerate. It's not any of them. Okay, I... Is it Blackbird? It's not Blackbird. 
I, I, yeah, I was spitballing at that one. Uh, it's not Emery, because I know Emery has the magical talent of a hammer. Yeah? Uh, well, you are getting warmer. Oh shit, is it someone in the coven? It is someone in the coven. It is someone in the coven. Okay, uh... Someone in the coven with Dinah. I doubt it's Hildy. Who, during the party, did did or expressed doing magic that involves who you are? Was it Phoebe? I know who it is now. It's not Phoebe. She was the gossip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it, it was Ursula then. No. It wasn't? You're bad I'm, at this. I'm I'm tired. Shut the fuck up. We're all tired. You shut the fuck up. Actually, don't shut up because you need to guess properly. Yeah. Like I'm looking at their profiles and I'm trying to rem trying to remember. So Margaret had all the fire. Phoebe did the yeah. gossip. Gwendolyn yeah. did the plants. Hildy did the drawing. Oh, it's Agnes. Agnes. No, no, it's oh, oh, it is Agnes. Okay, you got Owls. there. Owls, not birds. What did she make for Steiner? Do you remember? Oh yeah, the fucking is all the carvings, and yeah, I remember the totems. Yeah. yeah, and she did like personality quizzes and made magic totems based on those. She called you a shitty parrot because that's who she felt you were. <laughs> and you know what? Not wrong. I know she's not wrong. She's very good at what she does. <laughs> she is. So after much deliberation of thinking over everybody you've ever met in your entire life, <laughs> you remember that Agnes seemed to do some magic that dealt with the self. I text Roxanne, uh, I need you to take me to the coven. I know you hang out with them sometimes. I can do that. Thank you. But I need you to buy me some things first. <laughs> and I text Grant a list of things that I've been meaning to bring the coven. Mostly a whole bunch of sweets, if I remember correctly. Yes, I was going to say I think it's mostly just sweets. Man, fucking Mars bars are gonna blow Hildy's mind. Yeah, I'll grab those things. I'm just gonna make a day trip a picnic of it. Yeah. Just take just take everybody to fucking Elysium. You mean Deadlands? Right, the Deadlands. I mean, actually, it'd probably be really nice to picnic in Elysium. Maybe. But, uh, but yeah, I'll grab the things and then when I'm done grabbing the things, I will tell Roxanne I'm done grabbing the things. All right. Do you want me to just meet you at your place then? I guess you don't really have to come here. No, no, that's fine. You can meet. Let's you can come here. That's I'm just going to meet Grant at his place. You pop into <laughs> existence. I don't even flinch anymore. I'm just used to it. <laughs> she does this all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad news, by the way. My weird scroll a score is now one less than it was. Oh, oh no. Well, you've still got your plus one. That's not going away. Yep. Yeah. 
So, hold on to your britches, because we're going to Elysium. You mean the Deadlands? I keep meaning to say the Deadlands, but I keep saying Elysium instead. It's, it's fine. on my mind. <laughs> I just had a whole day. Please don't take me to your shitty heaven to hang out with your angel friends. It's a 10. Nice. I'm specifically going to the capital verse because I'm not going to drop in on everybody. Yeah, don't need another one of those. We pop into the capital. I take my earring off to sort of signal that I'm that I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. So, Grant, just uh, maybe get your wand out now because they may, you know, be in the middle of something. I. I don't need it. Remember that whole thing that I don't need the wand? Okay, but I'm just euphemistically telling you, hey, get ready for a fight. I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's important. Thank you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're going to shoot your big ice wand at it. No, no. Uh, I'm trying to avoid doing that for a while. Ah, I, makes sense. Okay. Well, take my hand. Don't let go. All right. Not a character, Colin. Hmm. Are you saving your shots for the end? Yes. Noted. Well, bad news. I rolled an eight. I did roll an eight. So, what nonsense. You know what? I'm honestly not in the mood to have nonsense happen. So, just fucking... Grant, you wind up in the middle of fucking nowhere, and Roxanne, you realize that he's not with you. Fortunately, you can just teleport straight to him and try again. Do you even want me to roll again, or do you just want to call it good? I think we'll just call it good. It's fine. Here, hold on. I'm going to roll anyway, but just call it good anyway. <laughs> good thing. <laughs> Eventually, we will get there. There's a bit of bouncing around as you're just kind of off balance from talking to your maker recently. Met my maker again. He's still a bit of a dick. Oh, yeah. But you do eventually wind up in the midst of some witches. And they're all very excited to see you. Hey! Grant Hildy asks you if you liked the sticks. I do. I still have two left, but uh, but I do like them. They're very fun. Thank you. She gives you a big gap tooth smile. As soon as we get there, I steal the bag from Grant and say, hey, I finally brought what I said I'd bring. I'm just going to hand those out. <laughs> so Ursula will come up to the two of you and ask, so, to what do we owe the pleasure? Uh, I'm here to actually maybe learn some stuff from Agnes. Agnes kind of perks up. She's got one of those big oversized lollipops in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to learn magic of the self. And honestly, you're probably the closest thing I've come to 
someone actually knowing how to do that sort of thing. She nods a couple times and takes the sucker out of her mouth and hands it to Hildy and says, this is mine, okay? And Hildy looks like she's not going to have a good time not eating this, but (laughs) she wants to be a good girl, and so she won't. This is probably the most color they've seen since April. (laughs) Far and away, yeah. Alright, uh, so, yeah, how, how do we even get started on this sort of thing? So she'll just take a seat and ask you to sit. Yeah, I'll sit right across from her. So, why do you want to know? What are you, what are you trying to do with this? Um, there's, it's two reasons. One, I need to help myself with a problem that I'm having. And the second one is I need to help a friend with a prop with a similar problem, which will help us solve a third bigger but connected problem. Okay, well that's a whole lot of vague nonsense, I guess, but like what in particular are you trying to learn here? Because there's a lot of different applications for this stuff. <sighs> I need to become unknowable to someone who knows me fairly intimately at this point. And I will point to my head unless he prevents me from doing that. Nah, he doesn't. And in fact, Grant, you're actually a little bit more aware of Adel right now. His presence is sort of like at the forefront of your mind. Like, he's standing over your shoulder watching you do this. But he's not stopping you. Okay. Basically, something got in, and in order to get it out, I need to become unknowable by killing the self? As soon as you utter the words kill the self, Agnes's face darkens. And she is giving you a very powerful look. You are very suddenly sitting in the presence of someone who has a couple hundred years of marching through the Deadlands. If I don't do this, a lot more people are going to die. And it needs to happen. So long as you're prepared for what it's going to mean for you. I hope so. Well, then let's start with what the self is. So you can maybe understand what you're going to be doing to yourself. The moment you start taking in experiences your self comes into existence it isn't your soul that's something different this is a truest form of you that exists inside you you can't lie to it 
even when you can lie to yourself with a little lie, you can't lie to yourself with a big S. And magic exists in the world in a lot of little ways that most people, even really well-studied wizards, don't ever think about. And one of them is relationships between people. The first time you meet someone, an other self of them forms inside of you. And every bit of information you take in from them, every impression that you have of them, molds this other self. That's how you've heard of true names and stuff like that, right? Yeah. When you do that kind of magic, you're casting it not on the person directly, but on the other self inside you. And it traces back along the connection to the real self inside of the person you're targeting. And whatever spell you're casting happens to that self. And you only get one of these. So if you're going to kill it, you're never getting another. You can't grow a new one. And if your self ceases to exist, so do all of the other selves inside of everybody else. You said the right words, become unknowable. That's what's going to happen to you. People won't be able to know you. They can know that you exist. They can see you and hear you and touch you and have conversations with you, but you will have no object permanence to them. You won't be able to form other selves anymore. Now, some of the other selves that you've made so far can be saved. There will be time. People who already have strong other selves with you, if you can go to them and make them remember you, you can reestablish those lines. But anybody else, anybody you miss, anybody you can't get to in time, they will forget you. And they won't be able to remember you ever again. That's what you're talking about doing. How long? The rest of your life. No, no, no. I mean, how long do I have before that time frame ends? It will depend on the other self, case by case. The stronger the other self, the more time that you'll have. But... I'd say with your... To go with maybe the strongest one that I can think of off the top of my head, with your parents... I would give you on the order of 30 minutes. So, basically... When I do this, I want to gather up as many people as I want into the same room and do it then. That would be the safest way, yeah. Okay. All right. 
Okay, yeah. Uh, start making a list, I guess, of people who I want to remember me, for better or for worse. And Grant, in the back of your mind, you can hear Adol laughing. It isn't a full-body cackle, but... He said that he didn't believe that you would have the stomach to do this. And you haven't proved him wrong yet. In the back of my mind, I think, guess what, bitch? And I look at her directly and I say, teach me. All right. And she scooches closer to you so that she can take your hands. She says, the first time through, it'll be easier to just force you there and then sort of teach you backwards. All right. So make sure you're sitting up straight so you don't fall over. Okay. All right. Posture corrected. And she closes her eyes and breathes in and quickly breathes out. It's just a quick puff through her nose and then your sight shorts out for a moment. Yeah. And when it comes back on, you are in a place that you've been precisely once before, very recently. You are in the liminal space that you were in when the Stoker Knight very nearly killed you. All right. Only now you're facing the other way. And you can see that the light that was behind you that was casting the shadow that Adel was sitting in is now in front of you. And it is you. There aren't fine details because your appearance, your body is malleable. But you recognize a quintessential yourself in it. And it is a beautiful golden light. And you now understand that all of the stars in the sky that are the same color are all of the other selves that you have formed out in the world. Hmm. And Agnes is there with you, just kind of holding your hand. And she looks at it and she says, this is the self. This is you. All right. Interesting. If you want to interact with it, you need to come here. I don't know. I've known that it was possible to kill them, obviously, but I've never wanted to do it. It's it's not something I would ever wish on anybody, so I don't I don't know how you would go about killing it. I'll I assume you figured out that half of it. Yeah. Yeah, I have. So really a lot that I can teach you is just how to come here whenever you want. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, it's basically all I'm going to need. And she does. I will sort of clockwipe montage this one where she spends what winds up being a couple of days just sort of walking you in and out of this space. Just holding your hand a little bit less firmly every time until 
you've learned how to sink all the way into yourself without assistance. And you can wind up there alone. Hmm. Alone, but also Adol's there. But also Adol's there. You are aware that he is there every time that you go in. You can feel him behind you. And at one point, Agnes seems like she's going to turn around and look at the thing that she can feel back there. But I'm going to presume that you have enough sense in your head to stop her. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll tell her that's the thing we're trying to get rid of. Don't look at it. And she will not be petulant about it. It takes a little while for you to get the, the hang of it, but you can get back to that space on your own without help. All right. Uh, I will thank her profusely. Mm-hmm. She honestly just seems kind of happy to be able to teach someone that. At one point, she tells you that self-magic is like really obscure and basically nobody practices it. So it's always nice to pass even a little bit of it on. Yeah, it was nice to it was nice to learn. Thank you. And of course, I will spend some other time. I will spend some time with the rest of the coven. I'm not going to be rude. Yeah, you've been having to like leave and come back because like monsters have shown up and the witches have told you to get the fuck out so that they don't have to worry about catching you in the crossfires. You've gotten hungry and just wanted to go home. You've gotten sick of being in the Deadlands for multiple hours and wanted to go back to your fucking girlfriend. Yeah. Both of them. It's, it's, it's been in and out, but you've... So you, you have had opportunities to spend additional time with all of them. Okay. Roxanne in the background, just trying to arm wrestle Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> And then after that, I guess I'll just head on home. Give, mm-hmm. give my give my goodbyes. Tussle Hildy's hair a little bit. And if she doesn't let me get to her <laughs> hair, then her hat. She allows you to get to her hair. Okay. You notice that when you do that, all of the other witches kind of tense up because they want to make sure that you're not trying to steal a piece. No, no, I like when when they when they when I notice that I just like hold up both of my hands and like show both sides and like nope. There you go. I'm fine. You're good. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll head home. Yeah. And start making a list and calling slash texting people, which includes Way. Huh. All right. Yeah, so there's gonna be there's gonna be some shit. Uh, like I will I will come up with a list, and I'm sure you will remind me of people that I will I would want in there. But uh, but yeah, I I don't want like I just kind of sort of halfway made up with way. I'm not gonna, I'm not about to like just be like, hey, fuck you. You don't remember me anymore, and you <laughs> never will. Also, I kind of have a plan to maybe get around that already, but I'm not going to tell you. I want that to be a surprise. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. 
<laughs> I believe that brings us to the last event of the day. If he's feeling good for it. Fucking go. All right. Dr. Edwin Steiner, what are we doing today? Uh, today we are helping Morton finish his forge so we can start building the ship we need to kill the big bad. Yeah. All right. So, Morton communicates to you that unfortunately he does not have a perfect memory. So, you will need the original documentation in order to reconstruct his forge. Guess a trip to the Fall Court then. Yep. Oh, I'm not. Well, Steiner's not super familiar with the Fall Court, but. None of you are. You've all been there precisely once. Yep. Uh, wait, wasn't. Um, wasn't uh, Magpie's dad from the Fall Court? Yep. So, presumably, Magpie knows some stuff about the Fall Court. Presumably. And presumably she'd also like to visit with them. Oh no, Dad lives with them. Yeah, Dad lives with them. Not lives because I think he's part ghost. No, he's alive. He's a fey ghost, so I cannot possibly shrug high enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's Dad, you're dead and loving it. Okay, so... Morton wasn't banished from the Fall Court. The Spring Court tricked him or did something. Yeah, the Spring Court captured him somehow and punished him. Alright, so I'll stop in the base and touch base. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Everybody's always happy to see you. Steiner! Hey. Norm. This, that was that was what the reference was. This is what the reference. <laughs> it is more narratively interesting to have people on site than not. So yeah, everybody's home right now. Ah, good morning. I should probably give more warning before I just drop by, but. Don't worry, I do it all the time. Ah. How is everyone this fine day? Um, well, uh, anxious, but otherwise, okay. About anything in particular? We're running short on time, is all. Ah. But actually, I wanted to talk to you. Um, I was going to help Morton get his forge back up and running, and um, unfortunately he doesn't remember exactly the make of it, so I was going to venture into the fall court and I thought um, Magpie might be a helpful guide there. Yeah, sure. I'm not busy. Alright. Uh, oh, and um, I, don't know if, uh, I don't think I mentioned this. That whole situation with Victor and Ram has been resolved. Has it? Yes. Uh, 
considerably easier of a... Well, I kind of anticlimactic, but it's just... Victor's family safe, the Rand is dealt with, and at some point in the future we might consider... Um, bringing on Victor in a non-combat role. He's, he was always very good at digging, digging up information. Roxanne definitely does not say, is that whose body I got rid of? <laughs> well, I I will never say no to more hands that are trustworthy. He's an old friend of Alex, so he knows more or less the deal. Just, uh... Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to bring anyone new in so so close to doomsday but on the other side of it um yeah we can we can maybe see about looking him up right i can give you as complete information but right now i just want to uh, let him spend some time with his family he's um now and i'm sure they just want to relax and not have to deal with any doomsday it didn't run over the head, but just in the future. Right, yeah. Anyway, back to the massive hand. I was just going to head into the ball court. So, I'd stop by. Uh, well, um, I'll, I'll still be here. And Magpie comes downstairs from her room with shoes on, ready to roll. Uh, Roxanne, you're good here? Do you need me to come? Because I'm always ready for an adventure. If you want to come along, I'm just... I'm just going to... figure out what he needs and bring it back. Well, at least... I can. Now, you know what? You go on without me. Um, Let me know if you need me to mount a daring rescue for any reason. Sure. Alright, have fun. After you then. And she'll give her dad a hug goodbye and head on into the garage. Chalk in the runes to point y'all at the fall court and bip you two in. It's a lovely time of year. You are, as before, greeted by the very tall lizard man. He says, Good afternoon. How can we serve you this day? I need some information. I was told you once had a quite miraculous forge here. I'd like to learn a bit more about it, if that's all flicks his tongue out of his mouth in thought and says that is a rather well kept secret how did you come to learn about it well Morton told me the shock slowly blooms on his face and he says Forge Master Mottam still lives. Yes, he's living with me, actually, at the moment. 
forget if this was... I don't remember. I didn't think this is information I was supposed to conceal. I just knew that we were trying to figure out which court attacked him. It's 10,000% information you need to hide from the spring court. Got it. I knew it was the spring court's not supposed to know. I don't remember if the fall court was like, oh, we would like him back then. Fall court might like him back, but you don't know that for certain. Yeah. But the attendant will say, we must report this to the king immediately. We would have to do that either way. You would not be allowed to approach the forge without his permission. I assume as much. Uh, I will just wait here. <laughs> well, no, you're coming with because you got to plead your case to the king. Right. Magpie will tug you along when you don't immediately start following. Oh, I, I thought this was just, um, they go deliver some news and then come back. Okay, so we're just going on my mistake. And the three of you will head off into the palace, into the throne room where both the king and princess are there this time. And they're meeting with a couple other people, so you do unfortunately have to wait your turn. And the conversations are kind of slow, so you wind up having to wait for a while, but eventually you do get your turn. Is it all turned now? Oh, okay. So have they already like told him what's up, or is this going to be I'm delivering the news? The attendant is there with you. He swapped shifts with somebody else. So he'll probably wind up delivering the first bit of news, and then you'll have to plead your case. Or rather, that's what will happen if you decide to let it happen that way. You can start talking first if you want. I'll leave that up to you, because you're the player. And let the dude do his job. All right. So... The attendant will take a knee in front of the king, and... My king, we have most incredible news today. Forge Master Mottam lives and is in good health. And the king, as you first saw him, was again in that sort of hyper-reclined position, but he sits upright pretty quickly at this news. It says, Truly, he is alive. <sighs> we thought him lost to us. And then he looks at you, Steiner, and also Magpie. I presume that this news comes from you. Indeed, um... He was magically bound to endlessly run from an illusion of a dragon, and we found him in the desert a while back, and we broke him free of his, his enchantment. Uh, but he had, outside of the vaguest memories of himself, no recollection of how he got there or who had put him there, uh, and I offered him sanctuary at my house. 
until he recovered his memories, and recently he did. He remembered that he is of the Fall Court, that he had built a great forge, and the Spring Court had, in jealousy, punished him for this. Yes, my brother does not take kindly to not getting things when I do. Indeed. And he is now interested in rebuilding that forge, but he would like to do it outside the reach of the spring port, so to speak. That is to say, in my place of dwelling. And to it, he does not remember the exact, exactly how he built it, and so he sent me back here to learn that. I see. Well, I would be loath to put such a valuable member of my court back in danger so soon. Indeed. Though, the Spring Court will certainly come to understand their mistake in due time. I don't want to give them an opportunity to make it again before I have taught them their lesson. So, it is acceptable that he stay with you for the time being. And again and again, you return my people to me, even if you have not done so physically. So again, I owe you a debt. So of course you may see the forge. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And he will motion at a couple of throne room attendants who will come over. And the greeter will head back to his post as you are led deep, deep, deep down into the palace. And you eventually arrive in a massive smith house. Might need to expand even more. And you are escorted back to a sort of office space. And in it, there is a person who appears to be partially made of straw. And she is wearing, like, blacksmith's clothing. And she is currently pouring over some blueprints. And you are just left in her company. Um, excuse me, miss? Ma'am? She perks up. Yes? Um... I'm sorry. Who are you and how did you get down here? I was brought down here. Uh, are you perhaps, um, assistant, uh, an assistant of Morton? Yes, I was the second in command until he vanished, and now I'm in charge. All right, so, um, a couple things. First of all, he's alive and well. Um, my group, the Ravens, we found him 
kind of magically bound to run forever in the desert and we freed from freedom from that. She bolts out of her seat and takes your hand and shakes it vigorously. Oh, uh, oh. God, that's wonderful news, Master Morton. Oh, it, it was a terrible loss. Thank you so much. Yes, it seems it was the doing of the of the spring court. A uh, fit of jealousy over the forge, apparently. Fucking course it was. Ah. Second point, I am actually here at his bidding. He wishes to rebuild the forge out of the reach of the spring court this time. Um, unfortunately, his, his, his memory is not the as not as great as it once was. Apparently, 40 years of running in the desert will do that to you. So he has sent me in his stead to get the details, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. He kept very meticulous notes on his process. Oh, perfect. Do you mind? Of course not. She will lead you back into a yet smaller office, and as she's picking through scrolls, she'll sort of shout backwards without looking. Qualia, by the way, Forge Master... Well, I guess not Forge Master anymore... I'll keep the title until Morton comes back proper, but also Ore Master. Uh, Edwin Steiner, uh, Doctor. Edwin. Brilliant to meet you. If you're if you're looking to use this forge proper, we're going to be talking a lot, actually. Uh, I can get my hands on get my hands on things. I am something of a Builder myself. All right. Well, I have all confidence that you and Master Modem will be able to remake the forge, but if you're looking to actually make stuff on it, that's where I'm going to come in. Oh? Yeah. Can't forge items without ore. And making thought into ore? It's a... That's not an easy process, she says with no small amount of pride. Hmm. Imagine it isn't. So, Qualia fishes out what winds up being close to a hundred scrolls. And some of them are for the physical construction of the forge, and the majority of them are for the spells you need to put into it in order to make it function. Hmm. It's like a 60-40 split. Simply Morton did this once, he can do it again, and I will give him every bit of help I can. Did you want to come back with us and see him? Oh, I would absolutely. You can see my little uh, forge smithery while you're there catch up, have some talk. It's been quite a while for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, and we've all missed him terribly. He seems to be getting along well enough, but I'm sure a familiar and friendly face would do quite well towards his spirits. Well, then let's stop standing around talking. Indeed. Uh, do you have a bag for these, or am I just going to be carrying them? She'll, she'll find a bag. All right, so screen wipe, and we're back in the lab. Yep. 
Morton, I've brought you a friend. He walks into the room slowly, glamour off, looks kind of confused. And then when they catch sight of each other, there is screaming, but good screaming. I imagine a bull man can scream quite loudly. <laughs> Some of the glass panes in the lab rattle a little bit. <laughs> and they bolt towards each other and embrace. Oh, that's nice. I'll just give them as much time to catch up as they want, just kind of patiently wait. Eh. There, there is the knowledge in the backs of their minds that there is business to be done. Also, that you know, they're both alive so they can come see each other again. So they don't have to go quite so long without seeing each other now. So they don't take too, too long. They'll eventually come on over to you. Probably laid out all the scrolls in this time and are studying them. Let me give you a quick tour of the lab while you are here. Um, this is Morton's living area for the time being. He's made it to his comfort. This is also where the forge will be going in. Ah, so here, this is manufacturing. This is where I put everything together. This is R&D over here. Blah, blah, blah. Along. Oh, and you should um, say hello to Gregory while we're here. Hello, I'm Gregory. And Qualia fucking jumps a foot. Yes, Gregory's kind of just everywhere in here. He's sort of the entire entire installation at this point. <sighs> well, I've... I don't think I've ever been in a haunted blacksmith shop before, but it pulls the place together. He's not... He's not a ghost. He's... A, um... Let's see, what the hell the friend of reverence from artificial intelligence? Excuse me, that's not a ghost, that's my son. So he's, um... No, 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 I, I, I am the ghost in the machine. All right, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> that's a clever reference. Good job. So, Gregory is sort of an artificial person mm-hmm. that I, I sort of made him by accident, but now I just kind of consider him my son. He wasn't an accident. He was a surprise. I mean, he literally (laughs) was an accident. I was fucking around with magic and technology, and I accidentally, like, Reese's cupped into into existence. Don't worry, Steiner. I was an accident, too. (laughs) And she's like, wonder what happens if I jam these two things together. Oh, I've made a child. Oopsies. (laughs) Yeah, that's generally how it works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the joke. Uh. <laughs> All right, so the four of you get to work on construction. Quali is happy to just be around to help make it. Apparently, the first time Morton made this, he did it almost entirely in, in secret and then just sort of unveiled it one day just to, to fuck with all the people who worked under him. Like... Fuck you, pay me. So she's quite happy to get a chance to work on it this time. I'm just sourcing materials and providing help where I can, I imagine. Yeah, plenty of room for etching circles into the component parts. 
partway through, because this is a weird forge, this this is a magical forge. It doesn't quite build like normal ones do, and it's got a lot of moving parts, which is weird. And at one point, Morton winds up saying that he can actually improve on the original design if he could be allowed to use that new frictionless metal that you brought back with you. So I have the spe- I have all the specifications and details on how to make it, so I can't really think of a much better use for it at the moment, so feel free. And he's excited to use it until he realizes that he can't really work with it too well, because, again, it can't be grabbed too, too good. But Hmm. then Gregory pipes up and reminds you that the perpetual motion device came with documentation, and part of it was manufacturing with frictionless materials. Funny how that works. Uh, Print print that out for us. Let's get that on the table. Is this the same company? We don't know who made this little thing yet, do we? You have no idea who made it, and none of the, like, papers and documentations that were in the little... SD card that you found had company names attached to it. Huh. Victor brought it to me. Maybe he'll he knows something about it. Ask him later. Victor told you that he stole it from some rich guy's mansion. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he stole it. So he's got nothing on it. It stands the reason that the company that makes the frictionless metal also makes the thing that uses the frictionless metal. But, you you know what I could do, actually? Now that I know how to make this frictionless metal on my own, I could upscale this and just easily power so many things, actually. Hmm. But that's for another day. Focus on the task at hand. It does take a couple of days to get this thing built, because it is quite complex, and... You are working with materials that you never have before. But eventually it does get assembled. And this is far and away the most magically potent object in your lab. It is radiating once it is complete. Do remember the double the shielding so that certain parties don't pick up on this by accident. Congratulations, you now have a forge in your lab that can create objects from weird ores. You have Hmm. a person who can create weird ores. All right. I have a good test subject for this, I think. And I go and I get the claw very, you know, carefully. The Claw. The Claw. So this is an interesting specimen. We pulled this off of a Deadlands creature, and the claws on this thing, do not touch that, the claws on this can cut through anything up to and including space. And while on my own, I've been able to 
replicate their qualities to an extent. I can't fully replicate them. How about taking a crack at it? Okay, so I could turn this claw into ore. If that's what you want. And then you could turn that ore into something else. Yes. Is that what you're asking? That is indeed what I'm asking. All right. No, hold on. Just before we move forward to this, nobody else had any uses for this claw. We're we're just nah. Like the plan was to make blade stab asshole with. Yep. So, Qualia will. You you do instruct her to like keep it in its case because it'll start falling apart if it ever leaves it. So she has to work a little bit more carefully than she usually does, but she works her hands over it very carefully so as not to shred herself. I don't think you can graft a straw. And the claw begins to change shape. Slowly at first, but then rapidly, and it begins to give off light and heat and it all eventually convalesces into a small ingot. She steps back from it and sort of wipes her brow even though she doesn't sweat. Probably something she just learned from somebody else. Just from watching Morton? (laughs) Probably. And she dusts off her hands and says, well, unfortunately it obeys normal rules, which is that I can't make too much ore if the original object is small, but there you go. You should probably be able to make a real nice knife out of that. Indeed. Well, I wonder if you could use it um, to, um, unless there's a word for this, guild, guild something? Well, that guild is specifically with cold, but I think you get my meaning. Coat? More or less, yeah. I think, like, just make one of the sharp ends out of the specific metal and just, like, yeah. Like, if you made, like, like, a big axe and then you just... Just put, put this material along the edge? I get what you're saying. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Multi-ore foraging is certainly a thing that we can do. Do you have something in mind? Not at the particular moment. I'd actually have to... I would have to talk to the rest of my team on what we wanted to use this in particular for. Um... Hmm. Well, this thing isn't going to expire. Not with my treatment. This ore lasts forever until you're done with it. Very nice. Huh. I'm actually going to go ahead and go talk with him as much as I can. Um, you have run of the place until I'm back, then I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to say that at this point, at least one of our players is probably not conversational, so that'll be a a, a thing for another day. Might even just be like a start of session thing for yeah. later. So yeah, we just need to decide what exactly are we doing with the magical metal that cuts through anything, presumably even 
no. Adels. One last thing, though. As you are packing up your bag to head on over to Emery's house to call this meeting. Edwin. Yes, Gregory. I have found another. Excellent. Uh, uh, let's see. Actually, could you just text that to me since um, we have guests? Will do. Excellent. This is fine timing. I was writing up there anyway. And the text that you get is the blood of the wounded. Uh, add it to the pile. Doing it now. Put it in the mystery pile. Big list of shit. We don't know what it means. Wait, no. Does that mean, um, what's your name? Oh, I gotta find it now. Is that George? Might be. Also might not be. Hmm. Something to figure out in the coming days. Emery. Might also be Emery. Might not be Emery. I think almost everyone of this crew has, like, wounded in some way. Like, you lost an arm. Actually, you did kind of through Adel's... Hmm... Confusing. Well... Grant. Hmm? You, uh... You do seem to be rapidly rocketing towards a new phase of your life. True. One that might be describable with a very specific word. Yeah. Uh, void. Void. It's the Prince of Void. <laughs> All right. So, good session, everybody. I think Colin is just like dead at this point a little bit yes Uh, don't have too much longer in here a lot of good shit today the forge is going to become extremely important soon yeah I think so and we got another one for the checklist the blood of the wounded Grant knows what he needs to do to get Adel out of his head, and it's a rough ask, but well, it might be that he has to do it in order to become the Void. You are not able to be known, you are not able to be loved. Oh no, I'll be able to be loved by the people who are in the room with me. And again, like I said, I kind of have a plant that might be able to fix that at the very end of the campaign, but it's it's mm. it's definitely going to be a thing that'll wait until, like, the epilogue session or whatever. Alright, so 
Next session is a hunt, and it is the first hunt that I ever thought of. So I'm very oh. excited for it. Oh. And we're in October now, so it's time for the spooky hunts. Oh boy! Uh, we have to go kill the concept of pumpkin spice. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, for the Halloween hunt where Grant's just going to be like a little miserable the entire time because he's of course he has to work his birthday again. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad spoiling that there is going to be a Halloween hunt and it's going to be a hell of a thing. I've got <laughs> an extremely special monster to give you on Halloween. Is it another uh, Slimy Swamp Ghost special? It is not. However, it's the first time that we will be returning to Grant's knowledge of Chinese mythology in a long time. But that's Ooh. not next hunt. That's the hunt after. Yep. Next hunt mm. is one is the reason that I made this campaign. <laughs> oh, boy. So get hype for that, players, and get hype for that, folks at home. And speaking of the folks at home, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you will be here next time. Bye. 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 Good night, everybody.